I mean, it, listen, we're talking about practice. I am stressing to you. You take this outfit home, and you burn it. But they are who we thought they were, and we let them off the hook. We couldn't do diddly, poo, offensively. One-on-one, -on -one, I'm undefeated, never lost. High fly ball in the right field. She is gone. That's over. It's reached. It's over. Way downtown. Bang! Bang! Oh, what a shot from Curry! Welcome, everybody, to uh, Wide Open Sportscast presents the Super Bowl Preview Show. Big weekend. Big weekend here. I'm Rick. I'm Feds. Fly, Eagles. Fly. Yes. Welcome to the almost world-famous Wide Open Sportscast. Rick, the moment we've been waiting for is finally here. Oh, very uh, kind of unexpected moment, I'd say. Uh, I will admit, I did not see the Eagles getting to this point but i can't say i'm upset even though i i am a i am still a bitter steelers fan over their crappy loss to the jaguars Unlucky. but i i think this may be a great storyline super bowl one of the better ones we've had in the past few years one can hope right one can hope we uh got a little uh, preview uh a little flashback to the conference championship games uh little go over the lineup here, uh, some of the big stories coming into the week. And then uh, at the end, we're going to do uh, some betting lines and a couple of uh, pretty funny ones, too, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm looking, really, really looking forward to it, and it's good to be back. We had a few weeks off. Life has been a little hectic. Hectic, so. yes. I've been doing some traveling. Feds has been doing some bowling. Yeah. <laughs> so it's great to be back. Co uh, Coach Feds is, uh, is leaning into his bowling kids. Yeah, yeah, I guess you could say that. We had the States today. Boys did okay. Girls will be the real show next week if they can win it all, which they have a good chance of doing, so we'll see. Let's go, girls. But. Let's go, birds. Let's, all right. Uh, but, so, if you haven't heard, the Super Bowl is between the Patriots and the Eagles in, yeah. in Minnesota at 6.30 p.m. on NBC. Check your local listings, everybody. Yeah, you're gonna sure you you're gonna it. not want to miss this one. And make sure that you also, while you're watching the Super Bowl, make sure to follow us at our Twitter feed at wide open underscore sports. We'll be live tweeting the game. Um, I think that'll be more on Rick's end because I might be sitting there shaking, as a nervous heap of, I don't know what in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> let's uh let's start off a little flashback. Um, kind of kind of see what elements the Patriots have going for them. Mm -hmm. So the Patriots against the Jaguars had a huge comeback. Oh, I wouldn't say huge, but a big enough comeback. Vintage Patriots comeback. Vintage Patriots comeback. First half, they were down 14-10 to against the Jaguars. Second half, Jaguars only scored field goals at that point. And the final score came out to be 24-20. Now Patriots, in their also classic way, Go into the locker room and completely change the game plan around. 
no other the Jags team. didn't do it all. Like, the Jags didn't change their strategy uh, well, at all. No, the Jags all. changed their strategy to try to change with the Patriots. But their, their strategy was so perfect, in a way, that it just made no sense to change it. Yeah. So they, they tried to do so much because they had Blake Bortles, like, it, literally the whole time. It was just like, run, run, pass, run, pass, run. Run, run, pass. It was very ground game s. Slowly burning up the clock, slowly building field advantage or uh-huh. field position, I should say. And then they tried to do deep ball stuff. They tried to do some fancy plays, and it just fell apart for them. Now that could just be the Patriots showing uh, that they are such a great second half team, and that they have the ability to change around everything. But partially, I think it was the Jaguars there uh, trying to do too much. But with that, Patriots show they have a decent defense. Decent. They, they show decent that Tom Brady is still the GOAT and has not aged a bit. And it's going to be a challenge for the incoming Eagles. I shouldn't say incoming because they're both flying out to Minnesota. But the Challenger Eagles, where the opposite game, where it was it was a great game for Eagles fans, it was a horrible game for Vikings fans. And a totally unexpected game as well. Honestly. Totally unexpected game. And it was an okay game for everyone else. Because we got to see the Eagles dominate on both sides of the ball. Vikings gave an early, uh, early scare. Uh, they scored first in the first half, or I'm sorry, even the first quarter. Also, the first half, but the first quarter. But then did nothing else the rest of the game, and that was because absolutely nothing. And that was because of the Eagles' defense, uh, which I think is going to be a big, big. I've said factor. this multiple, multiple times coming in to this game. The Eagles are have to ride their defense because you don't know which Nick Foles you're gonna get. Are you going to get... Big Dick. Are you going to get the first round of the play... Or not the, not the wild card round, but the first round of the playoffs where they face off against the Atlanta Falcons only put up 15 points, but they only let up 10 points? Or are you going to get this Nick Foles, which dominated a great, great defense of the Minnesota Vikings? Yeah, the number one defense in the league. Yes, and come out firing against the Patriots. What are you expecting right there? I, I, I just I don't really know my expectations. Where I'm going with this? I feel what like, analysis? <laughs> I just I, I just I don't know what to expect. It's it's. I was talking to somebody earlier today. This game could go so many different ways, so many different ways. Uh, mm-hmm. Which is makes it very very hard to predict. Uh, I, not trying to be a biased Eagles fan here, but I do think the Eagles have a much better shot than a lot of people think. I do too, and I'm gonna go back to what I said. It's because of their defense. Yeah, I mean, and yeah, they held the Vikings to seven points, and I was saying going into that Vikings Eagles game that whoever scored first was going to have the advantage. Because I couldn't see Case Keenum or Nick Foles throwing their teams back into a game. So when the Vikings scored first, I was like, oh, God, here we go. You know, especially the way they move the ball down the field. And then after that pick six Patrick Robinson had, it looked like the Vikings were just deflated. Yeah, that that definitely 
brought the air out of the uh, out of the uh, Minnesota Vikings. Two big Viking turnovers: the pick six, and then Case Keenum the strip Four- sack, and, and then went down points. the other way. Yeah, fourteen points off of those two turnovers. That's the turning point. But now my thing is, I I don't know if I don't think the Patriots are going to present the Eagles with that opportunity. Uh, I agree. The Patriots are definitely a more experienced team. They many of the players have been there before, in, including last year. They and, take care of the ball, and it's so hard to predict what Tom Brady's got to do. It's it seems like it's so simple and it looks so dumbed down, but it doesn't seem like many people can figure out the New England Patriots. Kansas City did it at the beginning of the year and they fell apart. Yep. Carolina did it at the beginning of the year. They lost. No other team really. Eh, Steelers could have had them. Sorry to make you bitter. Yeah, Steelers could have had them, but they also left. If they did score there, they also left a lot of time on the clock for them to come back and score. And it's Tom Brady, and I don't like Tom Brady. Yeah, uh, I mean, who does? I, 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 I respect the hell out of Tom Brady, but I don't like him because he's not my quarterback. And I will be the first one to say that. He is definitely one of those you love him or you hate him type of players. But what do, what else do you think is going to be a big factor in this game? Do you think it, the randomness of maybe Tom Brady's age may get to him? Uh, new stars on the teams getting starstruck? I, something that the Eagles have that people are overlooking is the fact that the Eagles do low-key still kind of have these Super Bowl players. Chris Long and LeGarrette Blunt are looking to be the first player since, I think, Deion Sanders to win back-to-back Super Bowls with different teams. Really? Yeah. Uh, they won last year with New England. They have the experience. Chris, uh, um, Tom Brady was actually quoted as saying, I hope when Chris Long sees me he doesn't hit me that hard. He should be nice to his elders. <laughs> uh I, I, I do wonder about Brady's age. They were talking this morning on uh, The Fanatic about how it's almost like he's just defying everything about retirement. They're saying there's three ways that the game ends. Either you retire because you're just you're not good enough anymore, you're old, an injury occurs that ends your career, or you just want to go out on top. But there's no answer for that for Brady. Brady wants to keep going and wants to go for as long as he can. Well, be- because he hasn't felt any of those three things. Not at all. The The closest thing he's feeling is age, but it's not showing. I mean, he's four years, 40 years old. I mean, the big, big storyline between these two quarterbacks are completely different. Tom Brady, the grace of all time, is going to be the oldest quarterback to start a Super Bowl on Sunday this week. Nick Foles, a journeyman, start on his second stint with the Eagles, went off and played with the Rams, uh, backed up Kansas City. He was somewhere else, I believe, as well. Maybe even Minnesota. No, I, I could no. be wrong about that. But he's back. Carson Wentz goes down. Everyone thinks there goes the Eagles season. Include- it's over. Including Eagles fans. I I did. But and I said, no, Foles' hope is better than no hope at all, and here we are. And here we are. The prodigal son returns. I think that's probably... Those two elements right there should uh, make this 
a great Super Bowl between these two quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they're going to have Nick Foles attempt to fire early and then slow it down a little bit. Lots and lots of RPOs. You've seen – it's Dougie Fresh went back into the – he went back into the playbook of Chip Kelly. Chip Kelly! What's up when it comes? (laughs) Believe it Uh or not, bringing back the ghost of Chip Kelly because he looked at what made Foles so successful, and a lot of it was just the simple reads and the run-pass option. You hand the ball or you pass it, and you only have one look that you're looking at. And – it's been successful. It worked against the Falcons. Worked against the Vikings. And that's something I think that the Eagles have that's going underrated for them, too, is everyone wants to talk about Belichick. But Dougie Peterson, Dougie Fresh, has been a master play caller this year. Master at it. Like, some of the drives, the plays that he's calling have been phenomenal. He he, he should definitely be up for Coach of the Year. I think it's with him or Sean McVay. We'll see later tonight. Yes. But I like he, I mean, for one, for him to, you saying that, I'm just imagining for one to him to like push over his papers and look at that playbook again. Yeah. That's like ballsy. To go back and look at the man who destroyed almost, almost, that's the other thing that surprised me about the Eagles too, is the fact that we're here so soon after the Chip Kelly disaster. Yes. Demolished our team. I was expecting another at least five, six years of struggle. I mean, that kind of goes off of uh, what the 49ers are kind of going through right now. They're on this huge high where they went to the Super Bowl with Colin Kaepernick, and then the shit hit the fan with Harbaugh, with Kaepernick. That all got diluted. Now they're now they're a serious threat next year. I mean, I'm already talking about next year. I'm not, I haven't even watched the Super Bowl yet. But they're, they're going to be a serious threat in the playoffs next with year. Garoppolo, yeah. With Garoppolo. I mean, that's crazy how not, i guess one one player did turn around all the other pieces were there but one player of jimmy garoppolo turning and the around. other key there is too is what how in a way that how is brady affecting the patriots is a question you have to ask is with garoppolo you're thinking he's 40 years old and you want to be ready to build the future in case this happens with brady in any moment but the rate he's going right now you don't know when that moment is going to happen but he's not showing any signs of it right that's why it's that's why it's hard. They'll be for them. It was hard for them to hold on to it. I mean, not not even discussing the underliers of the power struggle between uh, Kraft, Belichick, and Brady. Apparently, yeah, that's rumored, and I feel like nothing's really been proven there. But like, he hasn't shown any real defects. His de- his only defect is that he's slow. But so many quarterbacks are slow. Are slow and are good. I mean, Big Ben still still good quarterback, not not that fast anymore. Tom Brady not that fast. Uh, Payne Manning in his heyday not that fast. No, great quarterback. You can't really recall Manning's speed being Kurt Warner. Kurt Warner not that fast. Great great quarterback. And I think it's going to be interesting too to see how Brady's career is coming to an end. The next line of quarterbacks that are going to be taking to the NFL soon. Because you look at Brady's 40. Aaron Rodgers is starting to get old. Big Ben is mauling retirement. You have this next line seemingly lined up between Wentz, Watson, Garoppolo. You could argue Mariota. Maybe Prescott has a rebound. 
it seems like it's almost like the changing of the guard is coming soon. No, I, I would I would definitely put Mariota in the up NFL. There. Mari- yeah. Mariota is is starting to find his way in the NFL. He just I mean, needs to on, stay he healthy. He threw and caught his own pass for a touchdown. Yeah, that was craziest playoff play of the season. But yeah, I mean that's that that's one storyline for the quarterbacks. The other storyline is the comeback kid of Nick Foles. I never would I ever have put Nick Foles as a starting QB in the Super Bowl. Never. Uh, never. And like I said before, which Nick Foles are we going to get? And that's I think that's one of the deciding factors of this. If you want to go off of the last couple of weeks, I blew up in in a, in the Viking game, did great. Didn't do, do so great against the Falcons. Now the Falcons had had a decent decent defense, and their offense got shut down by the Eagles' defense. Week before that, I our last uh, game of the, uh, the preseason, he was pulled in the first quarter, so we can't really go off yeah, of that. But the, but, the, but the game before. He wasn't that great. So they said uh, deciding factors. They said Doug Peterson has a council of players that he trusts that basically help him make decisions. And they thought something that was going to help Foles is they went to Peterson and said, hey, let's do full contact starters versus starters. Because with the number one offense getting reps against the backup defense, they said Foles wasn't getting used to the game speed of what it's like to be out there against other starters. Okay, I didn't know that. So they went starters on offense against starters on defense to help Foles adapt to the speed. That's a good idea. I mean, and they're saying that that happened over that bye week during the um, wild card weekend. I mean, that helps. And it looks like it, it's helped a little bit. Let's see if he brings that into this. Uh, Definitely going to be a deciding factor. Can Fo- I think it's going to come down to does Foles take care of the ball. Yes, I agree. I think, I think, it, I think one of the big storylines is going to be how well Foles handles the ball. I also think another big storyline is which running running back group is going to be more dominant. Now the Eagles they have uh they have a couple other guys, but their top two dogs are Jay Ajahi and Glare Mountain. Yeah, Corey Clement gets in there once in a while. Yeah, every once in a while, but like he'll he'll and he'll like catch balls out of the backfield. But definitely not as much as these two. J Train has definitely taken over as the leading running very, back. Very, very true, very true. And then the Pats, they have kind of a three-headed monster of Dion Lewis, James White, and Rex Burkhead. Burkhead is kind of in in that same uh, same storyline as Clement, but he definitely gets more reps than Clement does on average. Uh, and he he does a bunch of the catching in the background too. Right. Which one of these groups, or let's start off with this, Eagles. What do these two need to do to be successful against the Pats' defensive line? Got to get J-Train outside. You see Ajayi breaks his biggest runs and makes his biggest plays when they're running those little screen passes and they get Jay Ajayi out in the open. If they get him out in the open, he's very hard to stop, and they're going to get big gains. And then, as you saw in the Vikings game, as well as the Falcons, you put LeGarrette Blunt in in tight situations. He's so hard to bring down. And again, LeGarrette Blunt is a seasoned NFL running back. He won the Super Bowl last year with New England. So Blunt is in the I've been here before situation. Or I think Ajayi is willing to prove 
this opportunity. I mean, come on, he got traded from a losing Dolphins team to a team now in the Super Bowl, and I really think he had a big part to play in that. If they get Jaijai outside, I think they're in good shape on the running game. And Legarrette Blount. Got to get him the ball inside. Keep it mixed up. They got to mix it up. Okay, I'm gonna take the uh, the pass side on this. I think I'm predicting a lot of checkdown passes to Lewis and Burkhead from from Tom Brady. At least at the beginning of the game, before he starts airing it out to like Cooks or someone or Gronk. Because I can see the Patriots' main thing is going to be how do they start opening up our the Eagle defense. Yes, and that's I think those two are going to be key factors. They're not going to be probably the main one, but they're definitely going to open up some some lanes for say Dion Lewis or James White to attack the middle of the line if they start passing outside. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they're going to be tricky with their running backs. Uh, Deion Lewis, I, I'm going to say he is probably not getting 100 yards rushing. No. He is not getting 100 yards rushing. Against that Eagles front seven, no way. But I feel like, like I said, a lot of catching out of the backfield, maybe even including James White, he doesn't do it as much, but a lot of catching out of the backfield for them, that's where they're going to – hit the Eagles hard. And see, and that's, the, that's where I also think the Eagles are going to hit the Patriots with the Jai coming out of the backfield, mm-hmm. catching short check down screen passes, and LeGarrette Blount getting the ball and pounding it up the middle. Yes. No, I, I agree. The, the, this game has the potential to either be a defensive showdown or an offensive shootout. I'm pushing more towards a defensive showdown. Which I would like more because you don't want to get into a shootout with Brady. Yes, that is true. Th- th- that's asking for trouble. Because Brady doesn't miss unless... Unless Brain Cooks can't catch a ball between the numbers like he's shown in the past, but he is going to put up some points, but not as many as probably people think. Next, let's go over the receiving core. Eagles got Alshon Jeffries, Nelson Aguilar, Torrey Smith. Anyone else you want to throw in there? Nah, got to go with those three. Yeah, those, those three seem like the top dogs, and then the Pets... The my my one friend said uh, before Julian Edelman went down the Great White Hope, uh, Danny Amendola, Chris Hogan, and then Brian Cooks. Yeah, uh, I actually think the Eagles have a one up on this. All right, why would you say that? Well, Danny Amendola has def- definitely shown up in these playoffs. He's been playing great, mm-hmm. but Alshon Jeffries, I'd say mostly Alshon Jeffries and Nelson Aguilar have been playing great. I, I can't believe the Nelson Aguilar I've seen this year. It's unbelievable. It, it's funny. Last year, the Eagle fans wanted to run him out of town. Every single Eagles fan did. I think everyone was sick of Aguilar. And then when we traded Jordan Matthews, everyone was like, oh, no, Nelson Aguilar is back into the fold. And now, man, did he prove an entire fan base wrong this year. Yeah. And then Torrey Smith, he's caught some big passes, but he's also dropped some big passes. So he needs to make sure he uh, puts a little extra pine tar on his gloves this week. And we'll see how Alshon does in his first Super Bowl. Definitely a key signing for the Eagles this year. But going back to the Patriots, why I think the Eagles are, have a better receiving core right now, I feel like Chris Hogan's kind of just fallen off the map. Uh, he doesn't. It doesn't seem like he's as his heroic as he was in last year's playoffs. Mm-hmm. 
Brain Cooks has the potential to go off, but he's very streaky. He'll he'll have those games where he's playing out of his mind, and then he'll have like a decent game, but drop some passes. Right. Uh, if Brain Cooks and Chris Hogan get more involved, I think the Eagles are in trouble. But overall, the the core between the top three receivers for these teams, I think the Eagles have this one. I think, in my opinion, right now the Eagles have a better running back situation. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Pat, the Patriots, have a better running back situation. But the Eagles have a better receiving core. Quick question for you before we move on to the tight ends. Yeah. Who do you think Brady's best receiver has been? Like, ever? Ever. Randy Moss. Hmm. I mean, are you, are you just talking about just stats-wise? or just In general, who do you think was the best receiver he's ever had on New England? Uh, Well, I mean, I would argue Gronk has been... One of the receiver, best receivers. Not tight end receiver. Receiver? Well, I mean, he lines up as a receiver. Yeah. Um, I'd say Edelman because he's been able to catch some great, great passes from him. Or Randy Moss. I mean, Randy Moss wasn't didn't show up in the, what was it, like 10 years ago, right? Yeah. Was it 10 years ago, the Giants yeah. game? Yeah, he didn't show up then. But, I mean... Wes Welker could also be in that discussion, but Dion Branch, Dion Branch too. I'm just thinking Wes Welker had dropped big passes in the in the playoffs for them. So, uh, I mean, I just think uh, Randy Moss, even at the state of his career, was probably the best receiver he's ever had. Fair. Second, Julian Edelman, probably. I mean, which is kind of out of nowhere, Julian Edelman, because he was what he was like a quarterback in high school or college or both. I think both. Yeah, he was a quarterback, and then he just turned into an amazing receiver. Uh, and hopefully he stays healthy next year. But, I mean, if, if we're not counting Gronk, then that's my opinion. Who do you think? I'd have to say, I don't know. I'd have to maybe go with Branch. Okay. Fair enough. And then the big one, I think uh, another big deciding factor. Let's go to the tight ends. Eagles have the combination of uh, Zach Ertz and a little sprinkle of Brent Selleck. Right, correct. Nick Foles is number one target, Zach Ertz. Yes. And then the Patriots have Gronk, who is healthy this week, which is huge yeah, for the Patriots. That hurts. And, I mean, it's kind of hard. It's like it's kind of hard to discuss this and not sound biased towards the Patriots, but Gronk is Gronk. He is He's a, uncoverable. He is a freak of nature. Yeah, he's uncoverable. I mean, I hope the Eagles did some sort of research on him that no one else has ever done and found his flaws besides injuring him. Because, I mean, that seems like a big thing for some teams to do. It will be interesting, though, to see how he comes back after this concussion stint. And this is actually, shockingly, his first concussion. Yeah. I like. I, he's, had, he's had, like, 60-some injuries over his career. None of them concussions, which is I'm, in a way great, because you never want to wish. Yeah, like, you never want to. And... You never want them to go down to that avenue. But I mean, Gronk is Gronk. Zach Ertz is great, but he's not Gronk, and he's that's not. just fact. Ertz has been very, very consistent this year, and I think he's a great target. I think he's going to be big in the game. But again, the fact is, just he's not Gronk. 
Yeah, so I think the Pats... I think Ertz is going to have a huge game, but again, he's not Gronk. That's the only thing. It's, yes. It's not Gronk. So, I think the Pates, Patri- Patriots have this one as well. So, the Patriots, in my opinion, have better tight ends and better running backs. Eagles have better receivers. Mm-hmm. Do you agree with that analysis, or what would you say? I I would go with Eagles running backs. But, I mean, I'm also saying that because I've not seen a lot of the New England running backs this year. Mm-hmm. I just I think the way Dougie Fresh uses his running backs, just, he does it so well that I think that that's where they have an advantage. And I think having LeGarrette Blount a tested running back, you know, they both have dual threats. It's gonna. It's uh, it, that running back for me is a toss up. Wide receivers, I agree. Philly, tight ends, I agree with New England. But for me, running backs is such a toss up. I I could say it's a toss up too. And if if you argue harder, then maybe I would uh, lean towards the Eagles. But I just I, the Patriots they don't do anything too fancy in the back end, and they kind of have. Well, DM Lewis is not a no name, but like they kind of have just these like a rant like a continuously roll of running backs coming in. That's why you never want to have a Patriots running back as your running back in fantasy football. Because yeah. they're just like, they completely roll them in. It doesn't matter what I feel what like down. it's been that way forever. And it's been that way, yeah, It's that's just the Belichick way. And it works. So I think I think the Patriots running backs are going to have a better, better uh, game than the Eagles running backs. The only thing is that Eagles front seven. That is true. Eagles but, seven. But like I said, they're going to be doing a lot of passing mm-hmm. out of the backfield. It's not It's not going to be running. It's going to be a lot of passing out of yeah. the backfield. So, with that, who who what is who is the winner and what is the, going to be the final score? I'm letting you go first because I'm still afraid to see my answer. All right. So, going over what we said before, I completely agree this is going to be a defensive battle. But it's going to be very close. This one's going to be coming down 24-21 Patriots. I say 21-17 Philly. All right. I think defense gets it done. And then finally. The defense has been out of its mind. So obviously you're going with the Eagles. I'm going with the Patriots. I'm going to let you go first on this one. Since, most likely, if the Eagles win, it's going to be an Eagle player, who is going to be the Super Bowl MVP and win that car? I think it's going to be Ajayi. Jay Ajayi? I think Ajayi, I just think, is just, it's, I just feel like it's destiny. It's reckoning. It's a reckoning for him. After everything that happened in Miami, I just, I think it's time. Okay. I, I, I just, I, th- I think he's going to turn into a vintage performance. Nice. Uh, I'm going with the Patriots. And I'm going with the safe choice here, Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Ooh. Tom Brady is going to be the Super Bowl MVP and win the pa- or bring the Patriots their sixth championship. Hasn't been done ever before by a uh, QB coach duo, no less a QB or a player, I should just say. But Tom Brady is going to bring the sixth Super Bowl to New England. And tie the Pittsburgh Steelers mm-hmm. for most Super Bowls for a franchise. Uh, any thoughts on that? I hope you're wrong. That's about it. <laughs> that is true. 
Once again, if you guys disagree or agree with us, we want to hear it. Contact us on Twitter. We're at wideopen underscore sports. We'll be also posting this podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud underneath Wide Open Sportscast. So make sure you check us out. But before we go, we're going to do a couple of fun things. Every week we like to do uh, what we call questionable calls. Usually it's kind of like a top three-ish type uh, scenario. What is your top of this or what is the top top three things you dislike about something? And again, our next episode will be more focused on a lot more sports it's just obviously the everything what's in everyone's head right now is the super bowl uh we have a couple really good questionables coming questionable calls coming up uh rick had talked about it earlier um but these are May. our top three super bowls yeah top three super bowls rick why don't you start all right so are you going in order or no order i'm i'm going from three two one in my opinion okay so, uh, number three, I'm actually, I just realized, I don't know why I didn't even think about this before. We have kind of, I have a little script here. I, I don't know why I put this one down. I have a better number three. Uh, the 2000 Super Bowl between St. Louis Rams and the Tennessee Titans. St. Louis Rams, the greatest show on turf, beating the Tennessee Twins 23-16. to 16. I remember watching that game with my father. Yeah. Dad's a Rams fan, my, right? my dad's a Rams fan for some odd reason, but I think it's just because when he was a kid, he was watching a game with his dad, and it was like the Giants versus the Rams, and the Rams won, and he goes, I'm going to be a Rams fan. Oh, no. So that's my number three, because that was just a fun game to watch. St. Louis Rams, when they were still in St. Louis, and a great show on turf, overcoming the Tennessee Titans. 23-16. My number two, uh, kind of a personal pick, but it was a really great Super Bowl. Super Bowl 43. The Steelers beating the Cardinals 27-23. to That really did turn into a great game. That was, that was just a slugfest of throwing balls everywhere. And, I mean, James Harrison, uh, I, I still love him, even though I feel kind of betrayed that he's on the Patriots now. Uh, but the I think it's the longest interception return ever in the Super Bowl yeah, that he had like 99, 99 yards, yards. And, and the least likely of pers- one of the least likely of people to do it because he is a quarterback rusher he's an edge rusher but intercepted and brought back the that wonderful the wonderful toe tap catch in the corner of the end zone from Big Ben to Holmes amazing and it just overall, I mean, I really respect Kurt Warner when he was on that team. And that was a weird one where it would be like if the Cardinals won, I'd be happy for Kurt Warner. I'd still be upset. I'd be happy for Kurt Warner, but I was still very happy he still was one. And then my number one Super Bowl, uh, Super Bowl 42. Giants beat the Patriots 17-14. to Uh Beating the monster, the undefeated monster, with one giant loss in the Super Bowl. The helmet catch. Yeah. And just the, just for some reason, New England cannot beat the Giants in the Super Bowl. And that was just a fun game because that was just in period, too. That was my first. Me me and Feds were uh, both in fraternity, Sigma Phi Epsilon. That was my first Super Bowl I watched at the the house. That was the second one. That was Giants Patriots too. 
Well, no, that was the first one I watched at the fraternity house. Oh, really? Yeah, and that was just a ton of fun. Yeah. So, those are my top three. What are your uh, top three Super Bowls? Uh, also going with building up. Uh, mine are in no particular order, but I put that. I hate the Giants, but got a, that was a great game. Uh, the Annex, the uh, David Tyree helmet catch. Just seeing the Wingman lose it's in a Super Bowl. Let's stick with the theme here. Uh, I gotta go with uh, Super Bowl 32. The Broncos beating the Packers when Terrell Davis got knocked out of the game, came back, and just ran all over Green Bay. That never, that never happened. Never. No, no, God forbid, right? What do you mean a running back who got knocked out of a game with a head injury came back in and won a Super Bowl? That was like the 03 Stanley Cup playoffs when Scott Stevens knocked out Paul Correa. Like, knocked him out. Knocked him out. Paul Correa came back on the ice and scored, scored a goal. Wild. Wild. Uh, and then also, I also included in the one-yard short Super Bowl 34, the Rams and the Titans, that catch coming so close. Yes. Giving a Super Bowl title to the greatest show on turf. So that's going to be my top three. Very nice. All right. Let us know what you think about our top threes on wide open underscore sports on Twitter. Now let's get into one of my favorite things in sports, the betting lines. Yeah. Let's call this the final drive of the week, our the, betting lines. The f- final drive. So we got, we, I, uh, I found uh, a couple on Bovada and a couple other websites First ones are going to be pretty much the standard ones. The next ones are going to be little profits. Some are the standard ones. Some are pretty funny. So the money line this this year, as of right now, recording on Saturday before the Super Bowl, uh, Philly is plus 160. Patriots are minus 180. What would you think? I'm assuming you'd take the Eagles. Huh? Yeah, definitely. Excuse me. I would take the Pats. Now the spread, very interesting. Uh, Philly plus four and a half, minus one hundred five. Pats minus four and a half, minus one fifteen. Dude, we we talked about it. The Eagles are going to cover the spread. It's going to be a close game. I, yeah, I would I would take the Eagles on that. It's going to be close. And then finally, the over under of the total score right now is at forty eight and a half points. So that's the overall score combining the two scores of the Eagles and the Patriots. Is at 48 and a half. Both the over and under are both at 110. I would take the under. Well, I'm going to take the under as well. Very good. Now let's get into some of the prop bets. Uh, one of the greatest things, as me being a uh, a junkie, I love looking at prop bets and seeing if I would ever bet on some of these. Every I think year. the classic one of the prop bets is, uh, remember when we were watching the Broncos Seahawks Super Bowl in SIGF, and one of our buddies decided to place a bet right before bets cut off that there would not be a safety in the game, and yep. then the first snap was the safety? Yep, I remember that. Let's, uh, let's go with the more standard ones. The heads, tails. Flip the coin. Both at minus one and a half, obviously, because that's 50-50. Yeah. Uh... There's a, there was also a prop bet to see who, also 50-50, if the Eagles or the Patriots would win it. This one's interesting. The average viewers in millions for Super Bowl 52. Now, is it going to be over 100, 100 uh, excuse me, 110 and a half million or under, under 
110 half. I think it's going to go under this year. I think it is, too, with all the controversies this year. Next, uh, getting close to the funner ones, will Brady be wearing a bandage on his throwing hand? Yes, at plus 170. No, at minus 200. I'm, I would probably take the no there. I would take the yes just because it's Belichick's psychological warfare. Very true. And speaking of Belichick, the color of Bill Belichick's shirt or jacket. It's going to be gray. Is it going it's to be blue be at minus 175? They're saying it's going to be blue. Gray at plus 125. And they give two colors, red or white, at plus 550. It's going to be gray. Now, And the other question is, is it going to have sleeves or not? Well, that wasn't part of the bet. Uh, I would, if I had, if I was a betting man, I would say no. Next, the ever so classic color of Gatorade dumped on the winning coach. Yellow is at plus two sixty. Orange is at plus two seventy five. Red is at plus three ten. Clear slash water is at plus four hundred. The favorite one here, blue, is at plus two hundred. And then purple at plus 1,000. I'm going to go with orange. I feel like I just want to put like a dollar on purple. Just just let it ride. Do it for the banter. <laughs> just do it for the banter. And then one, one more kind of interesting one. The total money reported by the Nevada Gaming Control, basically the overall party that controls all the, the security of all the, the betting casinos in Vegas and probably Reno too, but uh, over 145 million USD is at minus 170. Under 145 million USD is at plus 150. Everyone's a degenerate. I'm going over. Me too. And I'm going to be betting some money as well. Now let's get into a couple of the funny ones. Justin Timberlake has a beard at the halftime show. Yes is at minus 700. No is at plus 450. I would take the yes here. I would probably take the yes here because he's been rocking the beard for a little bit. Yeah. Okay. This one is probably my favorite. What is going to happen first once the game starts? At plus 165 is either team scores a touchdown. At minus 190, a dilly dilly commercial happens. Dilly dilly. Dilly dilly. dilly, dilly. dilly, dilly. Yes. I would. Definitely going to be dilly dilly. Kind of another funny one. Pink, di- uh, excuse me. Pink displays cleavage during the national anthem. A yes is at plus 240. No is at minus 330. Uh, yes. I'm going to say no. I feel like not a lot of cleavage are shown during the national anthem, especially for the Super Bowl. True. Uh, and our final ones, a couple of Trump ones. First team mentioned... had to be thrown in there. <laughs> yes. First team mentioned in a Trump tweet on February 4th. So this probably is... This bet's probably ending uh, probably by like 11.59 tonight on Saturday. If he goes Eagles or hashtag Eagles, it'll be plus. It's at plus two hundred. If he goes Patriots or hashtag Patriots, it's at plus one twenty-five. And then there's the option of neither, which is at plus one forty. Which team had protesters for the national anthem and which one doesn't? 
Yeah, exactly. Well, the Eagles have Malcolm Jenkins. He didn't kneel, but he did the black power fist. Uh, I think that Trump's going to say neither. I think he's just going to bash the whole thing. <laughs> Maybe. I'm not sure. Uh, but but I'm pretty sure what this means is – I'm sorry about the feedback on the mic there uh, – is he could, be, he could write a tweet, and it says – Team uh, blank and blank, so it'd be Eagles and Patriots. Whichever one he would say first. So if he said Eagles and Patriots, it would be Eagles because he said that first in the tweet. Let's go Eagles, just cause. And then the last one: Which quarter will Al Michaels or Chris Collinsworth say Trump first? Hmm. First quarter, second quarter, third quarter, fourth quarter, or not even mentioned? Not even mentioned. Yes. All right. With that, we are. Uh, Closing shop for today. Not mentioned. Oh God, here we go. The the anticipation is kicking in. I need alcohol. <laughs> Feds, how you feeling? Feeling good? No. All right, with that, thank you guys I'm for getting sick. <laughs> thank you guys for listening. Uh, we're gonna be trying to get on more consistent schedule. Uh, hopefully we do. Hopefully, yeah. maybe not. Never know. Uh, follow us on Twitter at WideOpen underscore sports. Follow us on iTunes and SoundCloud at WideOpen Sportscast. With that, thank you, Feds. Go, Birds! Do you believe these guys are our future leaders in America? Thank you so very much for all the appreciation and all the great moments that we've experienced together. You stay classy. That's all, folks.